Good morning, my lovelies. I hope you had a most awesome week, a most awesome weekend. And as always, I do hope that you have a blessed and highly favored week ahead. I'm coming to you from rope today. Um, No particular reason. Bliss is definitely uh, (laughs) a viable space, right? Um, But I just felt comfortable in here. Uh, I have my lilies and they are blooming and they are smelling amazing. Quite euphoric in here. So I figured, why not? Let's uh, do this podcast from here today. Um, This week, I was reading this book. Um, one of my kindreds, we like to swap books. We are avid readers and I love that about her because we have the most amazing conversations about the books we've read and about life and stuff like that. So, um, she gave me this book, uh, by Glennon Doyle. It's called Untamed. Fascinating read. Fascinating read. You know, um, it's, it's about her deciding, you know what, I am going to be my authentic self, you know, um, taking off that body armor and taking off that cloak and just, this is, this is who I am. You know, um, this is, this is me, you know, you either hate it or love it, but don't really care if you do or not, you know, no disrespect, you're entitled to your opinion. But this is who I am, and I love who I am, you know. And it it resonated for me because, you know, about three years ago, I think I was at my lowest point in life, where I just got tired of trying to please the world, you know. Um, just tired of trying to always do the right thing and say the right thing and be this person that everyone else thought I should have been, and uh, I definitely hit the bottom of the well. (laughs) And as I was sitting there, I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's shed all of this. Let's start all over, you know? And like a baby, like a newborn, I had to learn how to crawl again. And then I had to learn how to walk. And then I had to teach myself how to climb out of that well. And it took me time. Um, And it took a lot of love and a lot of patience from my loved ones. It took a lot of patience (laughs) from my loved ones, you know, because I was no longer this person that they, you know, that I've been all of these years, 40 something years of my life. And, you know, so it took a lot of acceptance. Um, And but it took a lot of love, patience and acceptance from myself. Because I had to get right with me and this and, and this authentic me. And I love it. I love me. You know, finally love me. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom and start all over. You know, let that, that wrecking ball come in and demolish that building and, and get rid of all those old bricks. And, you know, you go back down to the gravel. And build a whole new foundation and a whole new, amazingly beautiful building, you know. And that's that's who I am. And I continue to build. I'm gonna be the skyscraper that's <laughs> that keeps going and going and going until I probably hit the sun, you know. And I'm okay with that, you know, because 
like everyone in the world, I am a work in progress. And that's what I'm supposed to be. Because that's the only way that you can grow, you know, to be. You have to be a work in progress. You have to be open to learning new things. And I learned some new things this week. Um, I have this definition of what I believe partners are, right? And it was not really a, a definitive definition, right? It was more of a, more of examples, right? I believe, I've said this before, uh, husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends are in one category and partners are in another. Because again, I know some folks who have been married for 30 years and they do not, do not function as partners. And then I know some people who are engaged, you know, who function like, or just boyfriend and girlfriend who function like, like they were just made, like God designed them for each other specifically for each other, you know, and I'm for it. I love it, you know, because the energy when I'm around them just, just, just beautiful and euphoric and, and just full of love. And that's the kind of energy that I always wanted, that I've always imagined and realized that that's the kind of energy I have in my life now. And I am very fortunate and highly blessed for it. Um, so the quote in, in, when I read it, the line, it's just one simple line. When I read it, it stopped me in my tracks. And it's like, it's like when my dad says, um, things, right. He says these quotes and, you know, my mom squared, um, this is my dad's wife. And it's, it just sounds silly for me to call her my second mom because she is so much more than, than that, you know, uh, a generic, you know, uh, phrase for me. Right. Um, so, you know, my family, we like to Blakenize everything. So she's my mom squared. Right. And she said something to me this week that, um, stopped me in my tracks too. And I believe that anything that stops me in my tracks, when someone says something, I need to take a moment and fully engage in that and fully listen to what is being said to me, right? Like dig deep and realize what, what is being said to me because I'm a talker <laughs> and anything that makes me stop talking means listen, woman, listen. So this did that. So what she said in the book was, I love how our life together is one eternal conversation that we put on pause only to sleep. Now I was like, dang, you know, like I'm fully into this book. So I'm just reading, reading, just flowing. And I got to that line unexpectedly and it just stopped me in my tracks because for the first time I realized that's my definition of a partner. Two people whose life together it's just one eternal conversation that's only put on pause when they sleep. <laughs> I feel that way about my partner. I can sit and talk to them forever. Just talk to them forever. And we talk about everything and nothing. And I think sometimes if people actually sat and listened to our conversation, they'd be like, what the hell are you two talking about? <laughs> you know, but... We can sit forever and just talk. I love conversing with them. 
You know, I love their brain, right? I love that. I, I think that that is the most beautiful part of them, their brain and how it works. You know, like they say to me, you, you love geeks. That's what it is. You love geeks. I do. <laughs> Shockingly, this girl from the bridge, I do love me a geek, you know? Um, so I just love the way their brain works, you know? So when I read this quote, I immediately hit them up and I was like, yeah, this is how I feel about you. This is my definition of a partner, right? But when I sent it to them, this is one of the things that I love about them. When I sent it to them, I wrote, I know this sounds corny, but this is what I feel about you. This is my definition of a partner. And when they hit me back, the first thing they addressed was the, I know this is corny part. Now I've been in relationships where, and, and pretty much all of my relationships, and it's not necessarily that, that person's fault. You know, a lot of it was my fault because I didn't love myself enough and I presented things this way, but I had a tendency to discount my feelings. So I will start off something Anytime that I was vulnerable, anytime that I felt that I was about to be vulnerable, you know, um, I would discount that feeling before you could, right? So I would start off by saying, I know this is corny and dot, 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 say what I needed to say. Oh, I know this sounds stupid, but dot, 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 right? And so this way, when the person came back to me and said, yeah, that does sound corny. Yeah, that sounds stupid. I can't even believe that you even, you, you don't believe that, right? I can already, you know, I, in my head, in my head, my feelings won't be hurt by it because, well, I've already said it. So you can't hurt my feelings by repeating it, by saying it, right? But in actuality, um, it does hurt my feelings because I honestly do believe what I'm saying. But because I have such a hard time being vulnerable, I had, I still do from time to time. But I had such a hard time being vulnerable because no one's ever going to hurt me ever again in life, right? I would discount everything. You know, I would discount my feelings before anyone else can. See, the problem with that is, you know, when you live that life, when you put on that body arm and keep it on, right, and discount your own feelings, right, you are not allowing love in. And that's what you want. Every, we all want to be loved, you know, by someone. We all want to be loved. And by doing that, by discounting my feelings, you know, and, and you know, saying, hey, look, no one's ever going to hurt me again. So I'm going to hurt myself first, right, before anyone else can. So, you know, they don't seem like they, they, they won, right? They won. <laughs> they got the better of me. But in actuality, they did. I did, not them, I did. Because I can't expect anyone to um, love my feelings or appreciate my feelings or respect my feelings if I'm not doing it. So I had to, you know, my, the big thing for me, get in agreement with myself. So me saying, hey, I know this sounds corny and then expressing the feeling that I'm feeling I am definitely not being impeccable with my word because I don't believe I was being corny, right? 
Um, I made an assumption that you would think I was being corny. I definitely took it personal. Even though I didn't convey that to you, I did take it personal. And I was never at my best on that. So I had to learn to get right with that. And from time to time, I will, as I did when I sent this quote, you know, revert back because this vulnerability thing, you know, being vulnerable is so new for me, you know? So the first thing my partner did was, um, the first response was, yeah, don't do that. You know, don't discount your feelings like that. It doesn't sound corny. I actually think it sounds beautiful. And I do agree. That is a perfect definition for you, you know, when it comes to what you feel partners are. And I love that. I love that. You know, one of the things that I love about this person is that, you know, they, they're they not tolerating that from me. They're not tolerating the discounting of the film. I, whatever went on in your past has nothing to do with me. We are in this space. And this is how we deal with things in this space. This is how we cultivate things in this space. This is how we love in this space. We honor love in this space. And I'm for it. I'm for it. You know, I'm a work in progress. Like I said, (laughs) I'm a work in progress. You know, so when, you know, they sent back their quote, they was like, you know, well, this is, this is what I, what what they said to me was they, they thought it was beautiful. And they said, it sounds like lyrics to a song. It sounds very lyrical. And I was like, yes, I know, right? I know, right? You know, it does. It's, you know, that you're the coffee that I need in the morning. You're my sunshine in the rain when it's pouring. If you don't know that song, it's her and Daniel Caesar. It's called Best Part. Love that song, right? And it just, it, it flowed for me. It just made me think of that. And it just made me say, yes, this is all of a sudden I'm thinking of song lyrics um, because it does sound lyrical and it does <sighs> music for me, some people's poetry, you know, other things, some people's art music for me expresses love in, in, in so many ways. You know, I, I am a music love. I bought a record player because I just started buying vinyls because I am just a music lover. Right. So he sends me back his quote. And it says, orchestras create multifaceted emotions within the rise and fall of their dynamics and the musician's ability to express the music with respect to how it's written and the conductor's vision and expectations. Now, for me, I got it. Some people might not get it, right? Because that might not be their definition. But this person and I... We're like an orchestra and we flow. We just, we flow like musical lyrics. We flow like instruments. Our brains, our thoughts, the way we love flows like beats, <laughs> like musical notes in the air. And we're just, today we're going to grab this note and, and talk about that note. And this one, we're going to grab this note and have these, this mental connection on this note, right? Without even expressing it in words. 
you know, we, it's a respect and a love and an expectation of each other that, you know, the music, the lyrics that we put out are the lyrics we want to put out so that the other one can receive it. And I'm for it. I'm for it. Right. But here's the thing. I, when he, when they sent me the quote, I uh, was like, you have your own? <laughs> you don't have the same quote as mine? <laughs> and um, it occurred to me, hmm, partners don't necessarily have to have the same quote. They don't have to have the same thought. You know, so I, I posed this question to a couple of people, right? And I found it interesting. One of my uh, kindreds, uh, her fiance, said to me, yeah, no, not, we're not always going to have the same quotes. We're not always going to have, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't have the same quotes, right? Because we are individuals. So we, we will have our own individual, you know, quotes. That's just because we're individuals. <laughs> and I got it. I got it, you know, um, because I, I, it made me think it's like that, that couple, those partners, one, um, loves to climb Mount Everest, like loves to climb Mount Everest. And the other one, um, as my, one of my kindred says, likes to sit in the, sit in the sand, feet in the sand, drink in a hand, you know, the beach is where she loves to be. That's her, that's her peace. That's her serenity, right? His peace is climbing Mount Everest, right? But the understanding is the one who climbs Mount Everest is like, sometimes I do need to put my feet in the sand and have a drink in my hand. And the one who, you know, loves the beach says, you know what? I do from time, from time to time need to be climbing Mount Everest. So he helps her climb Mount Everest and she helps him put his feet in the sand. And it's like a yin and a yang, you know? Um, and that, that I realized this week is what partners are. You know, their, their definition of partners mesh. It, it, it fits, it, it fits like a glove, you know? So I asked them, And his definition um, was partnership is like the scale of justice, the love, mutual compromise and understanding of two individuals through communication is what keeps a partnership balanced. So he was talking to me about, you know, the scales, the the best way I can, uh, I can describe it, you know, the scales of justice, right? And you see it, uh, I think it's on courthouses, I'm not sure, right? And... You know, when that person comes along, you, your, your scale is balanced within yourself. And then when that person comes along, they don't imbalance it. You know, everything that they add to it still keeps it balanced for some reason. Because it's the things that complement what's already in there. So they know what to put on, one, on what side and what to put on the other side, you know, and, and help to keep keep it balanced. It keeps their love balanced. Right. And for her, she said, what makes a good partner is being equally yoked. 
It's being able and willing to pick up the slack joyfully. Now that joyfully part, it stopped me in my tracks. Because every day is not going to be sunshine. But you do need to understand that on those days when it's not sunshine, you still need to have an open heart, a joyful heart, so that you can get back to the sunshine. You know, so I found that I loved, I loved, you know, the discussion. I I said to to them, when I posed this to them, you guys are going to FaceTime me back and we're going to have an hour long discussion about this. And she was like, that's not true. And that's, that's exactly what happened, right? Because that's how they are. And I love that about them. You know, they sit down, they have a discussion and then they bring the discussion to you together so that no one is saying, misquoting the other one. And, and, and to sit down and, and listen to them talk, it, and the flow, again, my definition, right? They have theirs, I have mine. My definition, it's like musical notes. And I just want to grab their musical notes and, and hold on to it, right? Because that's what I do with mine. I, you know, that's what I think love is. That's what I think partners are. I just want to grab, you know, and, <laughs> and just um, hold on to that because that love is just, those notes are just so beautiful. They're just being beautifully played, right? So, you know, and I spoke to another couple and, you know, she was saying the same thing. She's like, you know, I didn't think that this was going to be my person, not because there was anything wrong with this person. Um, it, they're just different than what I was accustomed to, you know, and I just loved sitting down, having conversations with them. And this is even before they ever decided to be in a relationship you know, she was like, I could just sit and talk to this person for hours. And, and that's how I felt. That's how I felt. You know, some of our most, for me, (laughs) some of our greatest moments, you know, um, are just the conversations we sit and have, you know, and this is, this is beyond, it's beyond anything physical. It really is beyond anything physical. Because I can't, because I can't physically see these notes. I can't physically touch these notes. I just can see them. I can envision them, and like air, just like air, they are flowing around me. You know, um, I don't know if anybody ever, you know, when you like your eyes, whatever, cross or whatever the case would be. And sometimes you see these little prism dots, and people said, "No, that's air. That's air. That's the." That's what air actually looks like. And I'm like, that's, that's what I see without my eyes being crossed. That's what I see every day, you know? And it's so weird and crazy and amazing for me, but that's what I see, you know? And some of our best dates, right, <laughs> um, are, you know, just sitting on the couch. And we have this tendency to throw on bad movies. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, horrible. I mean, like straight basura movies, <laughs> you know, just straight garbage. And we will pretty much lay there on the couch. They're on one side, I'm on the other, you know, and 
watch these horrible movies and, and mock them all the way. <laughs> like our sole intention was to put on this bad movie to mock it, right? And then we will converse about this horrible movie for like the next two hours and why it could have been a good movie if they did this and, you know, and the message that they were trying to convey, we will talk about that, right? You know, we definitely could do that with a good movie, right? But it's just not as fun, <laughs> you know, and, and that does it for us. You know, we'll have our, our favorite drink and just sit there, you know, and for hours in the same position talking about <laughs> these crappy movies, right? And for others, it might not seem, it's like, what? Like, who does that? Why would you want to do that? Yeah, we could be sitting in restaurants and we do that. You know, COVID is difficult. And I, I would, I can't even say that we do it because of COVID because we kind of always did that, you know, before COVID. So it has nothing to do with that. We just pretty much enjoy it. You know, um, that's just our thing. <laughs> and, you know, we go out to restaurants, we get dressed up and we do stuff and, you know, but our most intimate moments are literally sitting down <laughs> watching, you know, bad movies. I think we probably, we used to go to the movie theater and then people would sit next to us and be like, shh, like, shh, seriously? You know, so we realized movie theaters are probably not <laughs> the place we should uh, sit and watch movies, especially if it's not a good movie. <laughs> so, um, we've decided, you know, this is, this is actually cooler. This is actually better. And we have a blast doing it. So everyone has their thing, right? That they do, you know, um, and that's just their thing. And it might not be anyone else's, but you know, that's what makes, you know, uh, your partner, your partner. It's, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not designed for anyone else, you know? It just... <laughs> this is no ordinary love. No ordinary love. That's what it is. It's just not... It's no ordinary love. It's just designed for you. I will end this podcast... As I end every podcast, every day, my lovelies, aspire to inspire.